Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today we're going to talk about the um, new issue that I see relatively recently um, in recent years versus earlier in my career where women seem to think that it's totally okay and normal for a man to remain in a sexless marriage in perpetuity. And these are not postmenopausal women, uh, you know, who may be within their rights to think, you know what, you can't really get it up either. Instead of using Viagra and uh, trying to beat back the hands of time and remain immortal, perhaps at, you know, in our 60s, our sex life can slow down quite a bit, given that I have basically extremely painful sex. I am no longer fertile and there's nothing in me that wants to procreate, right? I mean, so, so like that woman's got a point, you know, still shouldn't be totally sexless if the guy still likes to cuddle and be close. I talk about this myriad places all over my blog and my podcast. Sex needs to evolve as you're older. It can turn more into cuddling, into manual stimulation. You know, like once a week would still be good, you know, would be great for many people in their 60s. But, you know, you could see where those women are coming from, right? You know, you could see like we have had a great sex life over the years, or at least we've had a sex life over the years. And now, you know what, shit changes. I have health issues. You have health issues. Like, why don't we kind of slow down? I think most people can understand that. If that in and of itself makes you feel uncomfortable or even angry, I have podcasts about uh, called Age is not just a number and wire at post called why are your kids allowed to grow up but not your wife, which is frequently a big epiphany for men uh, in as much as nobody likes when their wife treats their kids like they're younger than they are. So basically, why are you treating your wife like she's younger than she is? All right, fine. So all of this is a given. However, I'm now seeing women that are in their 30s, even really mostly in their 30s and some in their 40s that are saying Basically, I don't want sex. So basically, I don't want it at all. And because I don't want it at all, then you should be fine with that because you love me and we're raising a family. And it is a, it's basically a religion of our generation that nobody should do anything they don't want to do. And that anything that even vaguely is, quote, non-consensual is bad. And so thus, I don't want sex. Maybe I'm on antidepressants. Maybe I don't like sex. Maybe I've discovered I'm asexual. Um, we'll get more into that asexual thing in a bit. Um, but you then cannot make me want something I don't want. And if I don't want something, it trumps something you do want. Because somehow that would be non-consensual, which I will also get to. And I have a whole thing on marital coercion and what it is or, and isn't. So you could just type coercion into my post to my podcast. And so therefore, we should remain in a sexless marriage. Definitely masturbate. That's cool with me. And uh, love should not be about sex. If it does, then you're shallow. And um, basically, we're cool, right? You know, like... Uh, still sleep in the same bed and everything and I love you that's a good one I love you but like I just never am gonna do that and it's like totally abhorrent that you would want me to do that because remember I don't want to do that anyway we will get into that all in depth after I tell you to subscribe maybe you thought I forgot because my intro was longer than usual but I never forget uh, probably sometimes I forget. And uh, you should definitely subscribe. 133 subscriber episodes, including the vaunted uh, oral sex on women 
And uh, let's see. Let's see, man. Let's see what the other one was. What's going to be coming down the pike, actually? Remar- oh, no. The most recent was remarriage gives you new perspective on being a good part uh, partner. And it's not just being a good parent. And, of course, the best one ever, the honeymoon stage and why there's no bait and switch. That one was before this. Uh, before the most recent subscriber episode. That's the one I'm going to link to all the guys who tell me that their wife had some malicious bait and switch intent when marrying them. Like, what the F? Like, that is not why her libido went down. But anyway, so I'm glad that now I can only link that. Well, that's why I made it a paid one. <laughs> because I'm like, you know what? Like, I have a total rebuttal for that. But if you're that negative and nasty about your wife, then, you know, maybe you could pay to hear it. And maybe you won't, but who cares? Um... And it's a really good topic. So that there's loads and loads of subscriber episodes. Okay, so back to this. So it is basically a religion among younger people now that nobody should ever do anything they don't want to do. And so uh, non-consensual sex used to be rape. It used to be assault. Like that's what that was called. Um, as I discussed in my coercion podcast, there are other ways to be emotionally blackmailing. So for example, like, I mean, I gave like really good examples in that one, so I don't have to redo it, but I'll do it again. Um, the guy's like, come on, come on, you kissed me, you made it hard, you made it hard, don't you see you made it hard? What kind of wife are you if you go to sleep now? I can't go to sleep now. I think I'm just going to go have to jack off to porn because you got it hard now, you won't take care of business. You know, you know, sometimes I don't even know really what this marriage is all about man, you know, because because you just leave me high and dry like that and we didn't do it for a few days and that's not how men work. And, you know, I think that, you know, like that bullshit, like the harangue, the rant, the guilt trip. But I'm not seeing men who do that very frequently. The ones that do, I put the kibosh on that. If someone could get them into couples therapy, that is like for sure something that I discuss with them. And Honestly, quite frequently, men are embarrassed when they think about it as being emotional blackmail. The men that do that, by the way, grew up hearing guilt trips, obviously, because people do what they're taught, you know? So it can be an eye-opener to the woman because she never thinks about his mom when she's in bed, you know? I mean, holy shit, (laughs) that would really kill the sex life, you know, that's dying already. But sometimes she's like, oh my God, yeah, his mother guilt trips all the time. His mother or his father is so emotionally blackmailing. And then that's exactly what he does to me in bed. So that could be a big epiphany and it can be, you know, one that you actually have right now, interestingly, possibly. So I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about the guys who basically say, you know, once a quarter, you know, we don't really have sex and it upsets me. Like, do you think we could go talk to somebody about it or you think we could work on it? Or is there something I should be doing different because it makes me upset? Now, that's not emotional blackmail. That's emotional expression. That's like the good one. That's the one you're supposed to be doing. When something is not good for you in a relationship, you're supposed to be expressing your emotions and your needs in a calm and honest way. So those guys are doing the right thing, right? And so um, in that situation, I increasingly hear younger women say, well, no, you don't understand. It's non-consensual. If we ever have sex again, it's non-consensual because what I'm telling you is I don't want to have sex. So like, you know, I, 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 you know, I have sensory issues and I have a whole pod, I don't know if I have a podcast yet. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I have one on does chronic pain or depression, which I struggle with myself, depression. So it's not as though I can't understand uniquely impact uh, one area of your wife's life called having sex with you. (laughs) So the same thing goes for sensory issues. Like she has sensory issues, so she can't kiss you, but she uh, can, 
or she can't even hug you, right? Sometimes, but she could hug the kids, kiss the kids, cuddle with the dog. She could do all sorts of stuff, but she can't touch you because of sensory issues. Like, I don't know, unless you smell like a garbage truck, there's probably something else going on there called not wanting to get out of your comfort zone, right? Which is exactly what would perpetuate any sort of issue, you know, sensory or otherwise. But anywho, so basically, when the wife says that any sort of sexual activity would by definition be non-consensual because she doesn't, she no, she realizes she no longer wants it at all, basically at a young, relatively young age, still very post, uh, pre-menopausal and pre-perimenopausal even, you know, basically 30s or 40s, perimenopause starts in your 40s, but like it still doesn't, it's not supposed to hurt you. Like it's not supposed to, you're not supposed to have vaginal atrophy in your 40s unless you've gone through early menopause. Anyway, point is um, that they say, basically, I don't want sex, but, but you should never be mad at me. It is, it would be non-consensual for me to do it because I don't want it. And um, of course I can't do anything I don't want to do. Because um, nobody should, obviously. And therefore, we made a vow. And the vow is that we remain married no matter what. And I kind of don't even understand. Honestly, it's kind of a little bit gross to me that you're even still saying you want this. Because why would you want it when I don't want it? That's that's the best one. I love that comment. (laughs) It's like, it's like talk about codependent, right? Like if you're not hungry for for breakfast, is he also supposed to be not hungry for breakfast? Like if you don't want to go exercise, should he also not go exercise? You know, if you like, it's so crazy. Like if you don't want to hug, do you tell your child, you know, it's kind of a little gross that you want to hug for me right now. A little bit boundary crossing, not going to lie, a little bit rapey. You know, I mean, if you're really pushing for this hug, my third grader, and I've already told you that mommy is touched out, then I I mean, I don't know what to say. No, of course not. It's like crazy and cruel. But like somehow you're allowed to say it right to your spouse. So nobody would really say that to their kid, hopefully. But anyway, so they basically say, we're going to remain in a sexless marriage. You can go jerk off. That's cool. Um, but you can't sleep with anybody else because, again, we made a vow. I don't want an open marriage because that's kind of weird and gross, too. And, um, you know, so you're just, like, never going to have sex again. But that's cool because, remember, I said you could masturbate. So it's, like, a, it's, an, it's a need. And you can release that need. And, you know, I mean, really, I think this is a pretty good deal for you because it's a good deal for me, too. And it's equivalent. Like, I don't, I get to be married and not have sex, which of course is what I want. And you get to be married and jerk off. It's cool. I mean, like, we're both getting our needs met. And I mean, I'd like to tell you this is what compromise looks like. And I'm sure that this is going to be, you know, sustainable long term, as long as you keep your head in the right place and you realize that we're a team and we have a family. And remember, I love you. So it's all good. Like, of course, I'm caricaturing a bit for the purposes of, you know, not falling asleep as I record this podcast and being uh, more entertaining for you. But yeah, this is kind of what I hear sometimes. Like, this is not okay. You know, there is one situation in which this is okay, And it is when uh, you were in a sexless dating relationship. So there are some people who say to me, Yes, I did say to him, I believe that I'm asexual. And he said, I love you. Uh, Maybe we can work on it. Maybe not. Maybe you can still do it sometimes anyway. And, um, And I said, maybe, maybe not. And he said, well, I want to get married anyway. 
Now, if you're asking what kind of guy would do that, there are guys with very low self-esteem out there. And there are guys who found the woman that they think is the perfect woman. In reality, Imago theory um, suggests that the reason she is the perfect woman is because she's so rejecting. You know, so they grew up with a parent who wouldn't give them love. And now they found a woman who was literally saying, I will refuse to give you sex for in perpetuity. And they say, bingo, jackpot, wife her up. And so that those guys... She's really got a leg to stand on. And of course, I do not think the relationship is sustainable if the man, you know, eventually has like a crumb of self-awareness, insight or anything. But still, she she could be pretty mad. She's like, I told you I didn't want sex. I told you that from go. We were in a sex dead bedroom when we were dating and then your ass proposed to me. So what the hell are you complaining about now? Cool. You know, I mean, that she got a point. Of course, he can change and grow. And that's a central precept of my work and my podcasts, etc. People change and grow all the time. And so even a guy in that situation, if that's you, you can decide to go to therapy, get some confidence back, understand the origin of why you like to get shit on, and, uh, you know, move forward in a different way where you do not remain in the marriage that you will never get your needs met in. Okay, but let's go to the more normative situation in which they did have a sex life before. And so she says, well, basically that was then, this is now. I had a sex drive then and I don't now. I wanted to then and I don't want to now. So it it was basically, you know, only because we both wanted to. And you would never want me to do anything I don't want to do, right? So some of these dipshits, no offense, (laughs) no offense. I, I love all my listeners and the young men in this situation. I have nothing but empathy for you. And I'm making this podcast for you. But think again, think it's so silly, right? Your response is so silly because you don't mean it. And you say automatically knee-jerk response because you're so well-trained, you know, to be like a, a, a good guy. And you say, of course, I would never want you to do anything you don't want to do. And then you put more, one more shovel full of dirt into your grave, you know? No. So what should you respond then? You may be asking, of course I want you to do something you don't want to do. I do shit I don't want to do all the damn time. Having this conversation is some shit I don't want to do. Gentle parenting is some shit I don't want to do. Going to visit your mom is some shit I don't want to do. There's a lot of shit I do that I don't want to do. I clean the house the way you like it instead of the way that I like it. I go to the pumpkin festival even though I fucking hate pumpkins. I do shit I don't want to do all the time. And you know what? It doesn't, it's no different because it's sex. And if you really don't want to have sex with me, Ever again, I cannot remain in this relationship. I'd like to work on things. I'm hoping that if you get some more, like, you know, uh, input from somebody who's a trained professional, maybe you do some more education on what desire is actually supposed to look like within monogamy, because I think you're expecting it to be like how it was when we first got together and it's never going to be like that. And you know, maybe we could work with somebody on it. Maybe we could have an open marriage. But here's what's not acceptable. What's not acceptable is for me to never have sex again, right? Because I I want to be a sexual entity. And that was part of what I understood to be the contract of our marriage. I thought that we were saying that we would continue to have the sex life that we had before. And maybe I was wrong and you felt totally differently at the time, and it was solely dependent on you experiencing spontaneous desire, which is, you know, when you get horny. And uh, I know you hate that word, because everybody listening to this would hate that word, you know, the recipient, but that's what it is. And 
I've been doing my reading and I see that women kind of don't really feel like that a lot after years of monogamy outside of the honeymoon stage. So I would love to work on getting our relationship to a place where we could understand more about how sex can fit into a mature marriage. But what I'm not okay with is being celibate in perpetuity. And masturbation is in no way the equivalent to sex because sex is supposed to be reciprocal and sex is supposed to be mutual. And it maybe you think it's all about the orgasm for me. It's not. I am totally aware that I can masturbate. That's not, you know, something that is equivalent. So, so all of you guys say like, oh, she won't listen to, you know, your podcast. And so I gave you like a whole script that you could slow it down and you could like write down all the shit that I said, then you could edit it down and then you could put it in your own words. And that's what you should say. You shouldn't send her my podcast because remember, she doesn't like my podcast. She's not going to like it. There are women, the, the very sex negative women that are part of some women love my podcast. You know, I mean, I got at least I got around 50 percent on all my platforms, maybe 40 percent of the podcast is women. I forget what it is now. But anyway. And thank you all, women, for listening, of course. But sex-positive women, so like my Facebook group, for example, right, uh, which I'm always plugging, and you should definitely join. It's four ninety nine a month, cheaper than the podcast subscription. Um, that's filled with sex-positive women because that's basically who follows me, you know. Um, it used to be moms, right, because I was writing mostly about parenting issues. But then pretty quickly, I also started writing about relationship issues, and I've always been sex-positive. And um, the women that basically are my fans are more high libido women or just sexually open-minded women that are experiencing decrements in their libido post-monogamy, post-kids, post-menopause, what have you. But generally, they agree that sex is an important part of marriage. Now, my male followers, they don't need any massive specifics because like the average man is high libido. So compared to a woman, right? There's, of course, a range within men as well. But the point is that a lot of guys then think that their wife is going to listen to me. She's not going to listen to me if I'm saying something that's scary. What I'm saying is that her favorite way of thinking about the world, which is I don't have to do what I don't want to do, is, is being interrogated. And I interrogate that in men as well. Because you could find like 15 podcasts where I tell your ass to get to the pumpkin festival because that's being a good partner. You know, and it is. So go to the pumpkin festival, obviously. But um, the, the point is that everybody does stuff that they don't want to do in a marriage and that is okay and healthy. You also do stuff that you don't want to do as a parent pretty constantly and that is okay too. And it's always okay for us to do things that we don't start out loving in service of greater values, particularly values of connection and closeness and generosity with loved ones. So I would never tell anybody to engage in a non-consensual sexual encounter in any sort of um, granular way, such as the man, you literally are exhausted and he's forcing himself on you right there. 100% terrible. Of course, physical forcing is beyond terrible, but I'm even talking about the emotional forcing, the kind of guilt tripping thing. That's bad too. And I talk about that in my coercion podcast in depth. However, a person stating, a man stating, or a woman stating when they're a higher libido partner, that they want to have sex, like a philosophical discussion about wanting to work on having sex and have sex be part of the life. And then a person saying that basically 
because they are not in the mood and don't remember the last time they've been in the mood, that all encounters would therefore be non-consensual. There is no world where they try, you know, kissing and touching to see what happens. There's no world in which they try to go to a sex therapist. There's no world in which they try to think about what sorts of things could help them relax such that they might be turned on eventually, e.g. massage, which is always the one that I talk about, etc. So, um, that it, it is just as uh, coercive to expect somebody to to guilt trip to try to guilt trip somebody into remaining in a sexless marriage as it is to guilt trip somebody to have an individual sexual encounter, and that is the lens that I'm trying to promulgate with this. Also, that's not going to be appealing to somebody who doesn't want to hear it. So. That's why I gave you basically my soliloquy before that you can listen to this again and jot down parts of the ones that resonate with you and use it to basically come up with like a paragraph that you're going to actually say to your wife if you are in this situation. And again, this is, uh, you know, a, a, a the zeitgeist of our times for people of this age group and and possibly younger, although we're not coming out, I don't know that much about the Gen Z marital problems because they're not that old enough to have many, you know, but it, it, the, the idea of we only do things that we want to do is, is not helpful for any sort of interpersonal relationship. It's not helpful for a career. It's not helpful for anything. So while writ large, yes, you know, you should only do things that are in line with your values. And if truly your value is never having sex again, but yet remaining in a romantically monogamous relationship, it's not going to work. You know, that that's coercive to the person who would then have to deny an entire aspect of their being. So it, it just doesn't work. Like for some people, open marriage could work. But for most people, they want the love and the sex in one person. Men too, you know. And that's why, you know, and, and maybe it is that that you guys just decide that you're not going to be together. That's okay. You know, I mean, that's, it's, it's honestly, yeah, divorce is bad for kids, but it's really not as bad as a super contentious relationship, as I've discussed numerous times. And honestly, you are people too. And, and sacrificing one person's entire life, you know, when you could also instead focus on creating a positive environment and dual households for your children, you know, like it's, you, you got to think about yourself as a person, you know, who deserves to have at least some things that, that they want. And having a sexual relationship of some sort within marriage is not like a large ask, you know? So anyway, um, I hope that you got something out of this and I hope that it gave at least one person an epiphany and or a concrete way to think about approaching their wife with this information. And I'll talk to y'all soon. Have a great day, guys.